center or you cut it out? What do you think? Cutting it out. Okay. Fart noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Scarehouse Podcast. I'm Katie Dutters, and along with me today is Creative Director, Mr. Scott Simmons. Hello, Han Shot First. <laughs> <laughs> that seems very relevant to this podcast. It does. <laughs> We are actually with a few of the guys from the 501st, which I'm going to have them explain exactly what it is. Um, if you didn't know, Scott and I are big Star Wars nerds. We're talking like VHS tapes, Boba Fett cutouts in our living rooms. And that's just me personally. I don't know what Scott has at his house. Uh, Star Wars Christmas special, bootleg, yes. that, yes. Life Day. Yeah, Life Day, a yes. A por- portion of this podcast will be devoted to Life Day. Yes. <laughs> you should see them rolling their eyes at us. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so we'll go around the table and we'll have everybody introduce themselves. And if you could tell us uh, what characters that you each um, play, but it, so within the, or, or even before we say Ooh, what characters yeah. you play, what is the five hundred first? Who wants to take that question? that question? Who can define what the five hundred first is? Mm, the important question. Mm. I'll do it. <laughs> um, so the five hundred first is a costuming organization. Uh, it's worldwide. Uh, at one point, it was on every continent. I don't think we have anyone on Antarctica anymore. Um, I think there was a military guy there. But we have, I want to say, over 12,000 members now. 15. Over 15. I'm a little mm-hmm. off. I think it was eight when I first joined. Wow. Um, so over 15,000 members uh, across the world have a costume of a bad guy from Star Wars. And uh, we use our costumes to do charity work, um, community work, um, conventions, just kind of anything. It's all volunteer. And I don't think we actually had you guys introduce yourself before we started throwing questions. So, yeah, we didn't who know. are you and well, what do you stand for? Glad you asked. We were going to surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Dan Belts. I am a member of Garrison Creta, which is the local chapter of the 501st. They cover Pennsylvania and Delaware. And uh, turn it over to one of these guys. Uh, my name is Tim Gregg. Uh, I am also a member of Creta. And. I have a stormtrooper from A New Hope. Oh, very cool. <gasps> wow. Well, I guess I could have said that before we turned it over to him. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a stormtrooper from A New Hope as well, because that's the best costume and everyone should. Um, I also have a TIE fighter pilot and uh, an ATST driver and some softer costumes that come with that crewman and things like that that you kind of get for free with the other costumes. And I am Grego Chaba. I am... Mm, I am several things in this... in. First, <laughs> I also in Garrison Karita. Um, I started out as Count Dooku. I still bring him out occasionally, and I'm also a Tuscan Raider and an Imperial officer. And I also participate in the Rebel Legion, which is the sister organization devoted to the good guys. You know, if you see a Five Hundred First event, that's generally going to be bad guys. If you see a Rebel Legion event, it's going to be good guys. And when the two meet, look out. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. I'm Han Solo with the Rebel Legion. Oh. I do believe I'm the only one in the greater Pittsburgh area at the moment. Which, well, here's the loaded question. Which is more fun to play, the good guy or the bad guy? Hmm, it depends on who you've got to play off of. Um, You know, I've, I kind of pride myself on getting into character and, uh, you know, I'm kind of method when I troop. We call our, <laughs> we call our events troops. So, and, and the act of participating in a 501st event is trooping. So, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I find myself, uh, staying in character quite a bit when I'm Han Solo or, you know, with, with the officer, you know, I can kind of use my own personality a little bit because I'm, it's just, you know, me in a uniform as opposed to a particular character that you would see on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Count Dooku, I stay in character probably even more than I do when I'm Han. Um, it's yeah, doing the Christopher Lee imitation and as much as I can. <laughs> um, I'm also in the. This is Tim. I'm also in the Rebel Legion. Um, I'm one of a handful of people that can pull off old Luke from The Force Awakens. It's amazing. It's amazing. I've seen the photo. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, it's so good. <laughs> um, when I got approved, uh, there was. Less than five. Wow. Um, Rebel Legion is very much like the 501st. It's a nonprofit uh, organization. Uh, Their numbers are much smaller. Uh, They have approximately 4,500 members worldwide. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, like Greg was saying, it depends on the type of event. <laughs> if I'm going to be a clown and I can kind of goof around a little bit, the stormtrooper is the way to go. If it's something a little more serious, then doing old Luke is the way to go. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I I tend to play Count Dooku as straight as I can. I mean, I'll occasionally get, if I do a library event as him, I'll get um, a picture of him, you know, reading a book and looking very regal. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't goof around at him quite as much. I mean, he doesn't lend himself to clowning the way that, um, you know, Han Solo can have these uh, exasperated looks on his face, like, you what? Yo! Yeah. (laughs) Well, and there's something that I, for me personally, I never fully grasp just how much comic potential there is in uh, the Stormtroopers until about, for me personally, about ten years ago with... I was at fan film. Was it? I mean, I'm just assuming you guys know what I'm talking about. Was it Troops? Yes. It was sort of a takeoff. I'm sure it's still online somewhere. It was mm-hmm. a takeoff of the Cops episode. Mm-hmm. And then between that and Robot Chicken, and mm-hmm. now there sort of seems to be this renaissance of the uh, the Stormtroopers as comic relief, which is yeah. very fun for me. I, I generally play mine pretty straight. Um, I will like goof around in pictures. Obviously, one of the big things to do is like if a kid is not paying attention when they're trying to get their picture taken because they're too focused on who they're getting their picture with. You know, walk in behind their mom or dad and give them the bunny ears or something oh, that's like good. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the kid looks. Oh, there's a stormtrooper behind mom giving <laughs> the bunny ears. So it gets them looking where they need to look and it's screwing around a little bit, but. Like I said, I, I generally play it straighter than some of the guys. And, and Disney is doing some fantastic stuff with their uh, wandering characters. Uh, I know they have they have the R two T two, but I know both their C three PO and their Stormtroopers actually have uh, vocal prompts. Stormtroopers in particular, where they can actually react. I can't tell if it's necessarily that the person is actually talking live and it's coming in in that way that's distorted or if they're pre programmed. But that's it's, it adds that extra little element of, of immersion that's so much fun. I've seen a few of your um, crew have been able to do that live with their, mm-hmm. their own voices, and the hardware that goes into that is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the guys have a pretty pretty ex- expansive mic setup. Um, I don't miss mine. I, I have one that I play with sometimes. It's uncomfortable to wear. I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm working on upgrading it. But... I don't miss it at most events until you're next to a trooper that has it. And then they say something, and you want to say something back, and you're the guy that's, you know, muffled under <laughs> having the cool effect. Doing that little, like, was it from, the, from New Hope? Doing that little pointing yeah. to the side <laughs> of the helmet? like Transmitters out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, so this Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh chapter, but 501st, when and, uh, when and where did it start? Uh, the 501st actually started in 97 wow. when they did the re-release of the original trilogy to the movie theater. That's fantastic. Uh, there was this uh, small little guy down in the Carolinas that thought that he was, should go do something. And so he dressed up as a stormtrooper to go see the movie. And the crowd just abs- was just absolutely nuts. So from that, it turned into, you know, hey... Let's do something. And he's very, very charity-oriented. Mm-hmm. So then he's, you know, the Internet is starting to take off. And he realizes that there's some guys up in New York City and out in California that want to do something. And so the, I believe it was the 501st Squad oh, was cool. started. Then it became the 501st Garrison. Then it became the 501st Legion. Um, and that all started in 97. And if you remember the 501st, you get an ID number. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my ID number is TK74472. Okay. Well, the original guys, all the way back then, they had three digits, just like TK421, the mm-hmm. guy that had the transmitter yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, once they fin- filled up those numbers, then they went to four-digit numbers. Wow. And I I'm a four-digit. Yeah. <laughs> in 2012, I think they went to five-digit. Wow. Wow. And it's, it's just been going and going and going. And how has, I mean, has, I mean, it's, this has been almost 20 years now, but has Lucasfilm sort of embraced this? Or are they absolutely are they content- okay? We, we are, uh, the, we, we are the preferred costuming organization. Um, for example, when you see a major league, uh, baseball team mm-hmm. have a Star Wars night, 
we are one of the clubs that gets an invite oh, okay. to go participate at that event. Um, so, yes, uh, in 2007, there was a Rose Bowl parade mm-hmm. that Lucas had two floats in, and he flew in from around the world uh, 200-plus stormtroopers wow. to oh, march cool. in the Rose Parade. Yeah. They were all 501st members. Wow. That's fair. Well, how, and maybe this is dialing down too much, but how do you, with a, a group like that, because you're, you're doing stuff for the community, so, you know, and everyone, their heart is in it, but then how, what's the process for sort of maintaining image, you know, Im- image and quality control? Like, what happens if somebody says, I'm going to be a stormtrooper, and their costume is a little bit roughshod? Like, what what's that process for making sure something's up to? Because, I mean, I've seen online, but also it's a lot of, like, the local Pittsburgh conventions and things, costumes are movie quality in many cases, but is there a process that, like, is there a judgment process? Like, how do people go through this? Yeah. Um, I used to be a part of the process, um, so I'll take this one. Okay. <laughs> um, the there are a guidelines set up by the by the legion to you know your your costume has to meet this criteria, and there's a list of it on the website at five first dot com, and uh, once you build your costume to the specs that you're supposed to build it to. You send it in to the local garrison, and there's a officer there called the um, garrison member liaison, and they review the costume, make sure it meets the criteria, and either accepts it or um, rejects it and tells you what needs to be fixed if you want to be a member. Um, other than that, once you're in, you have the troop. You have to wear once once a year to an approved troop to oh, stay an great. active member. Mm-hmm. So it's the fiscal requirement. To build your costume might be high, mm-hmm. but once you're a member, the um, obligation to stay a member isn't really um, much of a strain. And I would imagine it sounds like it's a very supportive group. It's not like you're going to say this detail is not quite right, get lost. You're helping them sort of get to that point. Or our, our garrison actually has, um, and some other garrisons are starting to do this, but I, I believe ours was one of the innovators of it. We have a, a Imperial Academy. So what happens there is uh, in some of the other garrisons. You have to build your costume, and you come to the garrison when you're ready. Mm-hmm. With Garrison Carita, we accept um, cadet members, which is you say, hey, I want to be a member, and you get assigned an advisor, and that's what I was, a senior member that has built some costumes, has some experience, and can point you in the right direction so that, like I said before, it's not a um, it's not cheap mm-hmm. to build one of these costumes. So if you're going to spend your money, you want to make sure you're spending your money on something that can be approvable. Um, it's pretty heartbreaking when you get in touch with somebody that says, oh, I bought this, and, you know, I'm ready to start building. And when if they would have talked to someone ahead of time, it's like, yeah, that's not going to cut it. Um, oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes it doesn't work out. But for those cases, we've had tons of people come through that were paired up with an advisor, you know, got approved, and got in, and they're out there doing good things for the community. That's fantastic. I'm actually going to – I'm going to – something that occurred to me as we were driving up here and I'm going to start with Dutters and then go around the table oh, no. ah, <laughs> what Dutters what was your first exposure to Star Wars what and when I guess oh gosh see it's funny for me because I faintly remember Star Wars as a kid I honestly did not get into Star Wars until high school when I, I dated somebody who was totally into Star Wars and I was not exposed to it as much and then he was like you're going to love this. We're going to watch these movies. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then he was like, these are these characters. And that's when I really got into it. And then I got away from it. And then so, apparently it's all the guys I date. And then um, I dated somebody else. And that's when he introduced me into the holiday spot, you know, the holiday. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and, and like really deep diving. So I was at one okay. level and then somebody took it to another level. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, just random geekiness. Yeah. And like I fell in love with Boba Fett. And it was just, like, such an attitude, and it was like, this is cool. And then that's when I really got into it. But, yeah, so I, I really didn't have early exposure to it. It was, like, a later-in-life thing. Interesting. Yeah. Uh. Um, <clears throat> I went to the Guthrie Theater in 1977 with my dad. Wow. Wow. Uh, the Guthrie Theater is still there. It's in Grove City, PA. Mm-hmm. It's an old-fashioned theater. Mm-hmm. Been there since the 20s. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, so that's that was my first introduction to Star Wars. Uh, my introduction to the five zero first. Um, I'm 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 an older fella, and I wanted to do something. 
and so talking to my wife, we're like, you know, we should do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I looked at a charity to get involved with, these guys kept popping up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this! I can I can actually you know be a little bit of a geek and hang out and be able to help a whole lot of things versus funneling everything into one project. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I found the 501st. So, well, because it it sounds like not the break the flow but you guys are not only doing you know you're doing charity work you're doing community but you're also having a community in and of itself like you mm-hmm. guys are able to get together and talk about this ever-expanding world that you love and all that little minutia of it mm-hmm. so that's fantastic absolutely um i am a little younger than tim but apparently i saw the movie in the theaters when i was a kid i don't remember it when i was three i remember going to see empire but uh my grandparents on my dad's side had all the original figures at their house so since my parents were divorced when dad would get us for the weekend you know every couple weekends he would drop us off at the grandparents and we had the original the black box of star wars figures that you know my grandfather probably paid for the empty box like everybody else did and waited for the figures to show up Mm -hmm. um so between me and my brother that was like what we played with so my greatest memories of childhood are playing with those action figures and then when i got older um i wanted to do something charity related just started looking around. I was like, I can do something charity related and make a cool costume. (laughs) (laughs) I was born into Star Wars. (laughs) I I didn't see a special edition until I was already a man. (laughs) Yes, I'm a bit younger yet than Dan. I was born 1980 when Empire came out, so that was very much in the thick of it. Uh, I don't think I got to see Jedi in the theater. I would have been a a little bit little to truly appreciate it. Um, if it did, if I did go, I was probably asleep in the back seat in a drive-in or something. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I grew up absolutely surrounded by all these um, cool toys and things, and uh, yeah, getting quite a few of them for Christmas and birthdays and such. And uh, yeah, the fascination just stayed with me um, as I grew up and as I became an adult. Um, I got into it uh, on a deeper level with um, the 501st, you know, seeing them at conventions and really taking an interest in um, what they do and, um, you know, all the smiles they put on faces and all the money they raise for, uh, help raise for many, many good causes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, it, it sounds like, uh, and you in particular, it sounds like you really enjoy sort of the performance aspect of it, mm-hmm. that ability to sort of riff and, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. certainly do you have an acting background mm, not at present mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm, I'm i'm not too old for a career change right yeah <laughs> well i mean and I'll, I'll say this something that we have certainly seen at scarehouse and then also other communities a lot of times you start doing this kind of stuff you know performing in a character and it does suddenly you go like you know, I never realized that I actually like to perform. I actually <laughs> like to act. I mean, mm-hmm. so many of uh, a lot of the core people at Scarehouse and in the basement, the one you see in the videos and commercials, they've never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's exciting for me. Like, they'll do that for a couple seasons, and then all of a sudden they're doing other kinds of performance or mm-hmm. other things. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really exciting. And I should answer this. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm sounds like I'm about the same age as Tim. Uh, I'm going to call it Star Wars, not A New Hope. I actually, so, um, I, th- I may mention this in another podcast, the irony is when I was a kid, everything scared me. So I did not see Star Wars when it opened up in May because Chewbacca looked really, really scary. <laughs> I saw a TV commercial. They showed Chewbacca going, Rawr. I'm like, too scary, too scary. <laughs> so I didn't actually see it until my birthday the following March which is something that you kids today don't necessarily realize, is a lot of these movies would be out, go away, come back for re-releases. Um, you know, I remember a few years later, Raiders of the Lost Ark was in the theater forever. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember seeing it. I remember really liking it. Um, but to me, the one, it was Empire that really blew my mind because mm-hmm. um, at that point it would have been 10 years old. And I, similar, similar to you, Tim, I had the experience of seeing, um, Empire Strikes Back in, uh, a theater downtown, the Warner Theater, that is now just kind of an unfortunate 
weird mixed-use business mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But the Warner Theater had a massive screen that was, it was I think it was the, one of the f- old Cinerama domes from the 60s. Mm-hmm. So to not only see Empire, but see it on a massive screen, uh, you know, this is what would be the equivalent now of like an IMAX or one of these big, like giant screens, giant thing, those scenes of the speeders going over Hoth, doing everything else. Like that not only is where I found my love for Star Wars, like I really think that's where I something clicked and like, oh, I really like movies now. Mm-hmm. Especially, again, you kids today. In the 80s, uh, the 80s was the time of the multiplexes and, you know, theaters that used to be big and grand suddenly had were split into fours and had crappy sound systems and were just like the actual cinema going experience in the 80s was pretty rough. So to have that mind-blowing thing of not only seeing Empire, but seeing it in a, a way that I didn't even know was possible to see a movie like that, there was just no looking back from that point for me. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's super cool. It, it's, it's interesting how everybody kind of stumbled into it and mm-hmm. fell in love with it, because I'm, I'm about Greg's age. And, yeah, that we missed that point. Like, we were kids. Mm-hmm. We were too young to have seen it mm-hmm. like at that point in the theaters, and to fall into it later on is pretty cool. I, I will also say, um, I don't. I, I if I can speak, I'll speak for myself. And Tim, you can agree or disagree <laughs> that you kids today, meaning <laughs> Greg and Katie, you should see him shaking his fist. Um, <laughs> now it's like, and I'd say for the last ten, twelve years, being a nerd is cool. Yeah. Like, oh look, let's go to Hot Topic, get our Star Wars shirts. <laughs> They're cool. Yeah, you know what wasn't cool? Being a Star Wars fan in the eighties. Like, no, no. no. <laughs> no. MC Chris has a lyric that says, Now nerds are trendy, they call it geek chic. Nerds never noticed they were on their PCs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. in my head so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will paraphrase Roddy Roddy Piper. I was nerdy before nerdy was cool. Oh, yeah. 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 No, be, being a nerd in high school around here was oh, yeah. not a pleasant experience. You don't even strike me as a nerd, though. Yeah. I, I was I was more of a geek. <laughs> yeah, um, I did photography in high school, and if it wasn't for that camera, I probably wouldn't have lived past my freshman year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. West Western Pennsylvania, Friday Night Lights, oh. high school football, uh, lots of sports, Steelers, everything, something else. Not great when you're going to school with a Starlog magazine folded <laughs> under your arm. Yeah, and, and here's Greg. He's six foot four. He's bigger than all the kids on the football team. Hey, buddy, you going to go out and play ball? Uh, no, I'm cool. I'm going to stay home and watch Star yep. Wars, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Simpsons, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, what... I mean, I, I, I guess this is an open, open question. Like, can you even define... You know, you had that first experience, but, you know, all of us now, it's been all those years since, and I, I can certainly think of plenty of things that I thought were amazing and, and cool when I was 7, 10, that now I'm like, okay, I've kind of outgrown that, but all of us, Star Wars is still such a big part of our lives. Like, what what is it, do you think, that has made that resonate so much that, you know, we have not outgrown it, if you will? Hmm. Uh, I guess it's got a timeless quality to it as far as the storytelling and um, being that I grew up with it, um, it's got that, there's certainly the nostalgia factor, you know, anytime you see it you're instantly taken back to, you know, a happier time and place and your memory is part of it, but at the same time it keeps progressing forward and, um, you know, it's, yeah, good enough storytelling that you genuinely genuinely care about all these characters and, um um. Hmm. That's probably the best way I can <laughs> mm-hmm. rationalize it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm curious to see, like, exactly what Greg said. It was it's it's nostalgic, and 13 year old Dan approves of 43 year old Dan. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but there's certain things that I'm I'm worried about for the future because it was what it was. It was three films. It was six films, and you liked what you like, and you didn't like what you didn't like. Mm-hmm. But now they're, you know, making more, and they could you have this um, romantic vision of how something is in your head and the next movie could completely change that yeah mm-hmm. and that that scares me a little bit like you had mentioned that you like boba fett, like boba fett mm-hmm. was, your, was your boy mm-hmm. and who you know everyone loves boba fett mm-hmm. yeah until they make the boba fett standalone movie yeah and who, you know what happens yeah That's, that that concerns me part yeah. of me's a little nervous for the han movie yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean not that he was always 
my number one favorite character. I'm still not sure that he is. I just happen to um, wear the vest well, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true story. Uh, a couple friends of ours in the group um, were out one night. I think they may have had a couple beers in them. They were looking at a picture of Han Solo and said, hey, that looks kind of like Greg. <laughs> you know, so I got the idea in my head. I started doing a little research to, as to what it would take to do this costume because I always thought it would be fun to do, but that was all I needed to hear to put me over the edge to get me in the suit, and mm-hmm. um, here I am. Well, and it's, it's wild to me how Star Wars is now everywhere and constant. You know, because there was a thing. You know, when when the when the original ones were released in '97, it's like, oh, this thing's back, mm-hmm. and it never totally went away. Mm-hmm. But now, with you know, a release every year and the expanding universe and everything, like even I was just uh, a few weeks ago here in the you know here it is summer, and you know we are b- between releases right now. There's no and went to Target and started this game of. How much Star Wars stuff is in Target? Like, not just in the toy section, Mm -hmm. just everywhere. And it has just grown to become such a huge monolith. And there is that thing of, uh, to me, it's like, there is a thought of, like, wow, everyone loves it, but will this just, you know, will there reach a point of overkill? Will there reach a point of, like, okay, we need a break from Star Wars Mm -hmm. because we're not going to get it in our lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably possible to subsist on a diet of nothing but Star Wars related foodstuffs and uh yeah. mm-hmm. and, and you'll only die after a couple months, maybe? Uh-huh. Um yeah, you won't die you won't die after like a week. It, it, you'll it'll be a slow process. <laughs> <laughs> what but getting back into five oh first specifically, what and open the question for anyone at the table, what are some of the personal experiences uh, you've had in costume that really resonate with you, that really uh, either make you laugh or were warm or... There was a project that the Rebel Legion was invited to last January that the 501st was invited to come along with um, because there was this little boy named Jackson and he had brain cancer and he wanted to go to... Uh, Make-A-Wish was trying to get him down to Disney so he could, he wanted to fight Vader. He wanted to go through oh. the Jedi training and fight yeah. Vader. Well, because of the Force Awakens coming out, that entire place is gone. It's now about Kylo Ren, not about Vader. Mm. Oh, okay. So Make-A-Wish reached out to us locally, and a whole bunch of people pulled a whole bunch of stuff together unbelievably fast. Um, I believe there were 15 kids at this event. They each left with a Jawa or a, a Jedi robe and a toy lightsaber. Jackson got a Padawan helmet, just like from mm-hmm. uh, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. and a Jedi robe and a legitimate lightsaber, not not a toy off a shelf. Wow! <clears throat> and so a whole bunch of people came together and they did a Jedi training to teach all these kids how to become Jedi. And then at the last minute, (laughs) Vader's like, oh, heck no, this isn't going to happen on my watch. (laughs) (laughs) So the stormtroopers and Vader, we come storming in the room, and these kids who just learned how to use the Force stood up and pushed Vader back out of the room. Oh, that's That's great. And uh, it was was absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. It got pulled together. I mean, members donated the cloth, sewed all of these robes, got them here to Pittsburgh. The lightsaber came from somewhere east eastern side of the state. Mm-hmm. You know, had to get here to Pittsburgh somehow. Yeah. It was a whole lot of ju- juggling stuff around. Middle of the winter, juggling everyone's personal schedules yeah. to make sure that we could be there on that day. And I believe... Not counting the seamstresses, I'm talking on site. There was, it, I'm thinking there was like 25 characters. Yeah. Oh, wow. That showed up to do that. That's great. It was absolutely mind blowing. That and uh, so I got to be a stormtrooper that got thrown across the room. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> so that 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 is that is one of oh sure you know and and it it 
it's one of those one of those events you you just will never forget. No, no, not at all. And then it lasted for what maybe half hour 45 minutes mm-hmm. it wasn't very we've done events that have gone on for eight nine hours yeah, yeah. you know th- this was very very short but it, it, it's it's one of those things uh when when uh the gentleman who plays darth vader locally um jackson threw him against the wall you know mm-hmm. using his yeah. force powers and put a little ding into vader's helmet uh-huh and vader's like I'll never fix that. Oh, there, there, there is a, you have to know where it's at to look for it. But yeah, yeah. There, there's a Vader oh here gosh. in Butler that has a tiny little ding in his helmet. Oh. It will never get fixed. Amazing. Um, I have a couple. One, you I have a Make a Wish story as well. And oh. We got invited to his birthday party after Make a Wish, and he's actually doing a lot better. So nice. that's that's a good thing from up in Erie. But uh, I went up recently, and I've done it for five years now, uh, another Star Wars fan group called Fan Force um, up in Buffalo, New York, does a baseball night up there, just like, you know, happens mm-hmm. 10, 12 places across the state probably. Um, but they have a pretty interesting relationship with the team up there. They shoot fan footage, and they can do some things that, um, like, the 501st can't do. They have an actual storyline going on up there that they play between innings of the baseball game. Uh, mm, we thought for sure when Disney bought it, they were going to say, no, you mm-hmm. can't do that. Mm-hmm. But they've kept it going. Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting part of it is, like, we have a little after party afterwards, and it's fun, and we go to the hotel, and the team takes care of us. Mm-hmm. And the second year I went up, we had to get kicked out of the hotel room, or the hotel banquet room early. And it was kind of a downer, because, like, that's a long day. You're there all day in armor like Tim was saying, eight, nine hours. Mm-hmm. It's nice to get together with everybody and unwind. So the following year, we go up, and I'm expecting you know to get kicked out of the room fairly early again. And the charity that they collect for up there, it was uh, American Heart Association for the first few years, and then they um, they went to a local one. I keep wanting to call it Columbus House, and that's a Compass House. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they help um, runaway teens have a place to stay if they can't if they can't stay in their home for whatever reason. Um, they can go here. They'll help them with, like, help them finish school or whatever it takes. It's short-term housing for them. But then they have long-term planning afterwards. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, you can stay there until you're 18, but they'll help you get your feet on the ground until you're, like, 24. Cool. It's a cool organization. Mm-hmm. Local, to, local to Buffalo, New York. Um, so that third year I go, and uh, the member or the uh, representative from the team comes in and says, you know, we uh, early numbers are in, but we made... I have twelve, fifteen thousand dollars, whatever it was that year, in one day, um, towards um, Compass House, and you know he leaves. And one of the wait staff comes over to us and she says, "Did they say that, that you guys did made that money for Compass House?" Yeah, I. They helped me. They saved my life when I was a kid. And she she tells a story, and you know she was a runaway when she was younger, and you know now she's she's doing a lot better, and everything's great and stuff like that. And like when the year before we had gotten kicked out, she pretty much filled up the pitchers of pop and <laughs> see ya. She just walked out of the room. Yeah. We had the room to ourselves. Um, two other brief ones are just the so we'll get off the heartstrings. <laughs> um, just some of the experiences that we get presented to us. I've you know been. You were talking about the Warner Theater. I was on stage with Weird Al Yankovic at the Warner Theater in Erie oh, because wow. he invites the Five O First all over the country for his tour, and we get up on stage and. Do a, you know, do a little dance routine with them. I was also one of the lucky 75 people in the world to get a um, first order stormtrooper before they came out, before the movie came out. Oh, wow. When only, the only thing anyone knew they looked like was what was in the previews. Wow. I had the pieces sitting in front of me, build it. Wow. Okay. Um, and it was just, you know, I had to pay for it and everything, but it was an experience that wasn't offered to the public. It was five of the first members around the country, and I'm sure... You know, I don't know how many people put their names in for it, but it was more than the 75 that got the kits. Sure. Wow. So it's just once-in-a-lifetime kind of things that, you know, yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not much I can say to top all that. Um, you know, I've done the same sorts of things, uh, handing out toys to the kids at Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. I got to hand out a Han Solo Nerf Blaster to a kid in my Han Solo costume, <laughs> which was pretty neat to do. And um, you know, I do a lot of the library events that happen in the area and yeah those are really numerous now i that's something i enjoy doing you know getting kids to um enjoy reading and encouraging them to check out the library and um yeah i pride myself on um 
what we have is called the Wookiee Roar Contest as part of our pro- program <laughs> that we present to the kids. And we have the kids, I ask them what their favorite book is and ask them if they can do a Wookiee Roar for me. <laughs> That's always a lot of fun. Um, uh, as far as something that really sticks with me, I can think of something that's a little more lighthearted. Um, years ago at a convention, um, I was wearing my Tuscan Raider outfit. I had a guy stop me to pose for a picture. There's nothing unusual about that. You know, I gave him one of these or one of <laughs> something like that, and he clicks the picture and he says, I'm getting this inked on my leg! Oh, wow. So there's a guy somewhere who has a picture of me tattooed on his flesh. <laughs> if you're out there, pal, thank you. Um, keep me clean. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's... it's I, I, have two, I have two thoughts to that. Number one, it's just still remarkable to me to just wrap your head around how it all started with the first Star Wars. And as more and more stuff comes out about these movies, as you read the, sort of the behind-the-scenes things and see the photos, you realize just how scrappy that movie was. Like, nobody was thinking... George Lucas was... You know, it, it's so exciting, I will say, having just uh, seen entirely too many movies recently that are trying to build up the multiverse, and mm-hmm. they just play as setups for 12 other movies, and you're going, that's the thing. That first movie was just George Lucas going, I, I, I got an idea, like, Buck Rogers, and everything. You know, and, and like... And, I and, get the rise to Flash Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it had that sort of scrappy real nature to it but it was organic it's like what was it the other the a lived in future or Mm -hmm. lived in yeah and what's been fantastic is that even now from what you guys are saying is this huge billion dollar thing they're still so uh open to fan contributions and I think that's something that, uh, as people who are listening to this, who might be running their own brands of, you know, with their haunted houses or immersive experiences, sometimes there's a tendency to get very tight, mm-hmm. to, to be like, somebody put my photo up on Facebook and they didn't credit me or somebody. Like, you look at what, I mean, yeah, they've obviously protected the secrets and things, and they don't want people dressing up like Han Solo and just doing whatever they want, but mm-hmm. they've, right from the beginning, have to my mind, Lucasfilm has sort of expressed a gratitude and has been like, oh, you want the sound effects? Here you go. You want to make these costumes? And that enhances that relationship with fans so much because it's letting people in. It's like saying, we're we're grateful for you guys. Thanks. They're they're wonderful as far as fan films and uh, aspiring filmmakers. They couldn't be any more helpful to them with the stuff that they offer. And yeah, I may have appeared in a couple, but uh. <laughs> but there are definitely uh, there are definitely other universes or brands or things mm-hmm. where uh, they're much more like tight fisted and how dare you and and you know ultimately that kind of becomes a buzzkill. People, like, eh, right, mm-hmm. yeah. I would have to think the charity weighs into that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you got to be a you know two headed giant to squash an organization that does that much charity, that much community mm-hmm. stuff that would, over yeah. illegality. I think that would be a big black eye to the mm-hmm. people, yeah. I would think. Um, and they were just smart enough to realize that before it became that black eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 501st uh, did a an, uh, Make-A-Wish endowment, and they had a five-year plan to raise $150,000. Wow. Yeah, they, they squashed it in eight months. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think Dan's right that it's yeah. like, you know, we we put up where, you know, it, to prove that, yes, we are very much charity-oriented ori- first. And, yeah. You know, and a few of the perks on the back end are, you know, are just that. They're very few. You know, there, there's one Philly Star Wars night. There's one Pirate Star Wars night. Mm-hmm. But we have... What fifty library events this year? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's very, very much a, a case of we constantly giving. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Now, say, um, say somebody wanted to get involved in this, and in, in just, and maybe they don't even necessarily know what they want to do yet. They don't necessarily have a plan. How do they get involved in the five hundred first community? I would say come to an event. That's probably the best way to at least see what we're about and talk to some of our members. I don't think, you know, aside from some high-profile stuff like, you know, the Weird Al concert or something like that, very few events are we inaccessible that you couldn't talk to Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and 
for as pretty much as long as you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's they go out, see what see what we do, see what you're interested in, talk to the members, ask questions about their costumes, even see what what might fit you. They go, is there a website, social media, that kind of stuff? Um, <clears throat> for locally, go to uh, 501stgarrisoncarita.org. Um, to make it easier for you, go to 501st.com, and you can look up the local okay. groups. Okay, that's cool. perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as for Rebel Legion, it's our local group is Ghostbase. You can The website is ghostbaserl.com, so you can find... Info about upcoming events and such there. Very cool. You can even see my pretty face in the <laughs> costume <laughs> If you need to put a face to the voice you're listening to. <laughs> it was great because actually I saw you guys at Pride. I didn't get a chance to say hello because we were a few groups ahead of you, but mm-hmm. it was I saw your pictures afterwards and it was great. <laughs> you guys look awesome. I, I saw, Tim was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was there in my Stormtrooper and uh, dancing away with the, the group in front of us had some pretty loud music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lady Gaga was the <laughs> the, the playlist, and so ended up doing a lot of dancing with the crowd and with them, and had a lot of fun. That, a lot of fun at that parade. It's a great parade. We have so much fun, and I'm sure you got the same kind of. Oh my gosh, it's Star Wars! Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, it, it honestly, out of, out of the three parades that I've done in Pittsburgh in the last six months, it was by far the best organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The most well-behaved crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The most enthusiastic crowd. Yeah. And you probably, compared to the other two parades, you could have combined their crowd and still wouldn't have touched the Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. I, I could not figure out how deep it was. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, especially when you come around that, you know, as you, as you start reaching the big climax there. It just yes. Phew, it's mm-hmm. awesome. It, and, yeah, the, the, the whole... Star, screaming Star Wars. It was pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> As Dan would say, that's one of those rock star moments that we, <laughs> oh, we yeah. occasionally mm-hmm. get to feel. Yeah. Well, I know for because Scarehouse has been in in it every year for I at least know. I think five years maybe I don't know. And like you say, it is such a rock star moment because they they recognize the bunny, they're yelling Scarehouse, and mm-hmm. it is just. And it's it's that parade route is so interesting because it starts very thin and then it just and then like it just builds and builds and builds and then you just, just like you said I've I've never I've either been in parades or, or been involved in like logistics of parades for a long time now and you're absolutely right I the that big final ending right before you you get to the finish is with the big bandstand thing there mm-hmm. is just mind blowing every year phenomenal it just it's so great and this like like we keep talking about the support there just so much fun. yeah and just yeah everybody's in a great mood it's not like you're oh man everybody's bummed or they're they're very happy to be there i was <laughs> bummed to miss it next year huh that's all the cool people were at <laughs> at the pride parade uh where you, where will we see you guys soon where, what else are you up to where any future appearances oh uh, where to uh, start <laughs> well i was gonna say honestly the the Big one that we have coming up will be at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center at the end of July. Uh, for four days, we will be at the Replay FX. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we so much fun! Yeah, video game convention. It's yeah, basically video game heaven. Yes, yeah, yeah. we we'll yeah. and pinball too, isn't there? Yeah. Video games pinball. and pinball. Yeah, but uh, the Rebel Legion in the five hundred first. We're going to have a huge booth there. You're going to have characters walking around all weekend long. Um. And I, I, I really think that's the big one. Oh, uh, Brentwood, 4th of July Parade. We're going to be cool. there uh, the weekend before 4th of July. We're going to be at the Westmoreland County Heritage Festival mm-hmm. over by Twin Lakes. Mm-hmm. This Sunday there will be a few troopers over at Kennywood for a small convention they're trying to mm-hmm. do inside the park there. Yeah. yeah. So much fun. And, and I mean, all 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 those events are fun, but replay is, is mm-hmm. <laughs> as as an '80s nerd, that is just <laughs> that is such an experience. You just thousands of pinball games and old school video games, mm-hmm. discs of Tron. I remember it was there <laughs> last year. That was an exciting moment for me. And then and then on top of that, the Star Wars characters, and it was just highly recommend checking that out. We've we've talked about that before last year, and Scarehouse did some stuff raising awareness of it. It's Highly recommended. Yeah, Bub- Bubba Fett was there last year, and that was probably, <laughs> that was one of my geek out moments. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> like I usually, he would, I was just like, "Can I have a picture with you?" He probably thought, "What is wrong with you?" Because I was just like, "You're legit." Because <laughs> that was the first time I've encountered somebody 
from the 501st as Boba mm-hmm. Fett. And I was like, do you know who you are? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who you are? <laughs> yeah, that's, it, was, it was that cool of a moment. So. I, I did the same thing the first time I met a 501st Boba Fett, so I really can't <laughs> it's like, criticize you at all. Yeah. Um, it, as a matter of fact, um, yeah, it was the event... At that event, I was getting an autograph from Billy D. Williams, and uh, <laughs> at the time, I was working night shifts, and I had stayed up all night the night before and just went to this show in the morning, and, um, you know, I had guzzled some energy drinks. I said, no, I'm good to go, but I was loopy. Yeah. Like, like more so than usual, you know, um, ordinarily, I do something goofy, and nobody thinks anything different of it, but uh, I, I w- it was a little extreme even for me, and I started babbling to Billy D. about uh, having his action figure when I was a kid. And uh, I'm, I don't know what else I said to him, but uh, he just kind of looked at me and said, Okay, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture of us we got is just him, like, trying not to laugh too hard at me. Yeah. And there was a Boba Fett in the 501st, who I later got to know, standing there next to the table. And when I got up, he said to my friend who I was with, Is this guy a friend of yours? <sighs> and he said, Yeah. He said, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> yeah, totally in character, Boba razzed me. That was that was the show where I decided I wanted to join, and yeah, that probably played a big part. That's so great. And admittedly, we should wrap up because I'm looking at time. But there's one question I want to ask you, daughters. Oh gosh, um, you are a girl. <laughs> and, but, but you're not only a big Star Wars fan, but I yeah. mean, you know your stuff. You know your stuff mm-hmm. on. I mean. We, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast. Like, you mm-hmm. know your stuff in terms of all the, all the more geeky things you're into. Mm-hmm. Have you ever encountered some of the sort of either mansplaining or being diminished? Like, well, you're not really a Star Wars fan because oh, yeah. you're a, a girl. Oh, yeah. I, I love to talk about the Star Wars universe and just have someone go, or a guy go, yeah, but you know about this. And it's the most obscure thing that they've been holding on to their whole life for that moment to try to, like, yeah. make you feel like, like no, it doesn't. Because what I love about Star Wars is it's such an expansive universe. You could be fans of the movies, and that's fantastic. You could be fans of the book series, the graphic novels. There's, like, so many different aspects of it. Yeah. You could just be in love with the toys. Yeah. And it's okay. And, and Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been in situations where it's like, you don't really, like, you don't know that about, I'm like, listen, I know who Boba Fett is, do not tell me. Well, <laughs> and, and I think what happens, um, as, as other female mm-hmm. friends who were into all the nerdy stuff, what happens mm-hmm. is, if a guy says, oh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. If a woman says, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, it's like, oh yeah, prove it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I get that a lot. In yeah. page seventy nine of <laughs> Alan Dean Foster's novelization of the, yeah, like come on, <laughs> what was the character that was listed? Like, no, wow. yeah. <laughs> I, my geekdom is not that high. <laughs> I thought there was one stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh wow, there yeah. was one stormtrooper. It wasn't until Dan taught me that no. There are three very distinct, different mm-hmm. stormtroopers from A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Oh. And I'm not talking about the Snowies. I'm not talking about, you know, the Sandies. I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm loving this. And I, I'm talking about the actual stormtrooper, that they are very, very different. Really? See? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. <laughs> There's only one. If it doesn't have the gray frown, it's wrong. <laughs> well, right. Wow. The, the, the gray frown is on A New Hope. If it's a black frown, it's from Empire Strike Back. If it has a black frown and a black mouth, it's from Return of the Jedi. And that's just the helmet. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will phenomenal. I, I will say I, I I will say this delicate delicately because there might be a wave of uh, <laughs> of uh, of anger and frustration, but uh, so I was at Sideshow uh, Toys mm-hmm. a couple months ago and man, those those guys are not only they are hardcore, but the fan base is hardcore, yeah, and they put you know they make these very elaborate and expensive uh, scale reproductions of the of the props and things. And yeah, like the level of intense scrutiny they are doing, and mm-hmm. it is because like the guys sitting at this table are going like they're going to be going with the magnifying glasses. They're going to be comparing it to this, to this, mm-hmm. to this, and uh, yeah, it's it's we. When when the nerds get in, we take this seriously. They cannot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since you brought up the female stigma a minute ago, I just wanted to make a point that the five hundred first is wide open to anybody to mm-hmm. any costume. Um, we've gotten to the point 
especially locally where we go to troops that are 50-50, mm-hmm. male-female right. a lot of times. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's not always, you know, couples that mm-hmm. do it together, though it is. Um, there's, you know, obviously a bunch of single guys that do it, but there's, there's, What's ladies, that, <laughs> <laughs> there's ladies that join that are, you know, aren't with anyone that's in the Star Wars group. There's ladies that join that, you know, their husband or boyfriend just has no interest in yeah. it. It's just mm-hmm. their thing. Um, it's it's a you meet a cool um, just people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic because certainly uh, there have been some online nerds who have given us Star Wars fans a bit of a I don't want to say a bad name, but mm-hmm. you know uh, with such strong female really protagon- not only protagonists but essentially core stars of both the last Star Wars film and Rogue One, you did have a lot of the. Uh, bad stuff coming out from some of the trolls and things, so it's mm-hmm. great to hear that, no, 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 I mean, no, no, that's a, not. A few years ago, the CEO of the 501st, of the probably 12,000 members then, was female. That's great. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, all of you. It was such a good podcast. I really enjoyed it. And any excuse for us to talk about Star Wars, Scott? <laughs> yes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so excited. It's fun. What are you telling me? Like, most of our professional meetings ref- yeah. have Star Wars references, mm-hmm. so. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. Anytime. Yeah. Our pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. They won't talk to you again soon.